TII item 258, February 18th, 2013. Good thing we beta tested this. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Square Trade. Please visit squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your discount on your iOS device warranty. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this music using only my iPhone 4 with GarageBand. Regards, Jeffrey. And you can check out some of Jeffrey's other music at ReverbNation.com slash Jeffrey Jackson. Thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I'll try to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Stephen for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Stephen wrote, Hi Rob, I used Image Searcher Pro to find a good Walk of Fame star and podcast logo and used Touch Retouch to remove Britney Spears' name. Finally, did the rest using Art Studio for iPad. Regards, Stephen. Well, Stephen, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Stephen's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 258 or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music because I don't have any for the next episode. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, I'm more convinced than ever that after an initial frenzy of publicity and sales to early adopters, iPhone sales will be unspectacular. iPhone may well become Apple's next Newton. Unquote. David Haskin, Computer World, 26th, February 2007. As you can hear, six years ago, things were so different. People were doubting Apple and its product offerings, saying they had no future, just lots of negativity around Apple and its product offerings all around. So glad things have changed, or not. Will be interesting to see if in six years time, the people bashing Apple today seem as foolish as those bashing Apple six years ago. For promo codes on episode 257, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps My Story and Go World and WalletGuard. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime in the next week. If you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 257 for the additional details. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev early on in that review. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. If you don't have promo codes to give away, or if your app is free, and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app, again, making sure to mention up front, you are the dev, and we'll work it in on a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Okay, I think today's episode is going to be one of those longer ones, so you may want to put it on 1.5x mode for playback. Just saying. Seems iOS 6.1 was not the update we thought it was. Or put another way, iOS 6.1 has had some issues. Apparently Scott Forrestal is still refusing to apologize. Oh wait, he's not there anymore. So I'm not sure who will apologize about the latest issues. As mentioned on the last episode, there were some issues with iOS 6.1 and 3G connectivity, especially in the UK. Well, iOS 6.1.1 for the iPhone 4S only, was released early last week, which fixed that bug. However, there were a few of you out there that sent me emails about your IT department sending emails to you guys saying, don't update to iOS 6.1. And while that had nothing to do with the issues of 3G connectivity, nope, that was and is about another bug. 
that was not addressed in iOS 6.1.1. It is a bug with Exchange Server. I guess what happens with iOS 6.1 is that it can cause your iOS device to do excessive logging on the Exchange servers, which is both bad for the servers and bad for your iPhone's battery life. So if you are hitting a corporate Exchange server with your iOS device and you have not upgraded to iOS 6.1, don't do it yet. According to ZDNet, a fix is on the way in the version of iOS 6.1.2. So what do you do if you did upgrade to iOS 6.1 or 6.1.1 already and are waiting for 6.1.2? Well, one of the workarounds listed on the Microsoft support board was do not process calendar items such as meeting requests on iOS 6.1 devices and also to immediately restart your iOS 6.1 device. Some are reporting on the Apple forum boards that deleting your Exchange server account, rebooting your iOS device, and then adding back your Exchange server account fixes the issue. So if you are having issues, that's one thing you could try right now. But wait, there's more. Others are reporting battery life issues with iOS 6.1 and iOS 6.1.1 but it is possible that battery life issues relate back to the excessive logging from the Exchange server issues. Those with the battery life issues are reporting overheating and quickly draining batteries. So if you think your battery life is just a little bit shorter than before, that is not the issue. This is about people who used to make it a whole day or close to a whole day on a single charge, now not even being able to make it to lunch on a single charge. And if all of these issues were not enough, Wait, there's even more. Seems there is also security issues with iOS 6.1. The security issue found has to do with getting past your lock screen without the passcode and being able to get access to a person's contacts where the hacker could view or modify contacts, check voicemail, and look through your photos. This is not an easy hack, but it is now well documented on YouTube and elsewhere. So here is what needs to be done to do the hack for an example. First part, go to the emergency call, push down on the power button and tap cancel. Dial your local emergency number and tap green and then immediately tap red. In other words, tap call and immediately tap hang up. Go to the lock screen. For the second part, go to the passcode screen. Keep pushing down on the power button for three seconds and before showing the slider, turn off up on the screen, tap the emergency call button, and then without releasing the power button, press the home button and ready. And well, I think I might have missed some points there, but if you need to check out the hack to get into your kid's iPhone, for example, and check the voicemails, you will need to check out the YouTube videos. There's links to them in the show notes for episode 258 over at todayinios.com. Yeah, not the easiest hack, but it is repeatable. And if someone stole your iPhone and wanted access to some of the data on your iPhone, they could get it, which obviously, when used as a work phone, is less than ideal. For Apple's part, they have said that they take these types of issues very seriously, even if Scott Forrestal refuses to apologize, and that Apple is working on a fix, which will be out shortly. In the meantime, simply don't lose your iPhone or let someone have access to it where you don't want them to see any of your sensitive photos or listen to sensitive voicemails. So how serious has the press viewed this issue? Well, it did make it to the front page of CNN and other mainstream websites, which was not surprising at all. It is safe to say iOS 6.1 is not Apple's finest moment. Not that iOS 6.0 was really much better. That said, if you don't have a passcode on your iOS device, like say me, then the security issue is not an issue. But if you are in a relationship with multiple people, yeah, it could get a bit ugly quickly. But then shame on you for being in such a situation when you can't be open with your significant others to start with. But on the corporate side or government side of things is where this really is a sticky wicket for Apple and why I think you will see a fix for this before the end of Feb. Again, in the meantime, just make sure no one steals your iOS device. See how easy it is to be secure? More on this story for sure in the near future. Hey, Rob, this is Matt from Connecticut calling with an answer to the question of Dave regarding how to um, jailbreak app 
be able to copy and paste appointments in a calendar. So that jailbreak app, I believe it's still available in the iTunes store. It's called WeCal. Very nice application, constantly being updated with amazing new features. I'm not sure what the price is, but it's very it's a great value for whatever it is. And again, that's WeCal, uh, available in the App Store. Keep up the great work. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the feedback. I believe the app he was talking about is Week Calendar, two words, in the iTunes App Store. It is $1.99, and it shows the ability to copy and paste items in the calendar. Matt, if this was not the app you mean, please send an email with a link to the correct app in the iTunes App Store or the correct spelling in the Cydia Store. But either way, Week Calendar, which is in the iTunes App Store, should work for what Dave was asking about which was the ability to copy and paste items in a calendar. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. First, I wanted to say I'm a new listener to the show. I started on episode 256, and I'm enjoying the show so far. On to my question. This past Christmas, I flew out of state to visit friends and family. I parked my car at the airport, but considering that it was 3.30 in the morning, I just drove an hour and a half, and it was starting to snow. It was hard to see where I was parked. Needless to say, when I returned took a while to find the car. To prevent this in the future, I was looking for an app that will mark my parking spot. Then I can use the GPS on my iPhone to remember where I parked. I looked on the app store and there are a few options, but I wanted to know what you think. Thanks for your feedback. Regards, Mark. Hi, Mark. I'm throwing this one out to the audience. Folks, if you have a favorite app that you use, that's easy to use, that you use to pin where your car is when you leave it at the airport or the mall or wherever it is that you're leaving it, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. So I am getting pretty sick of Google asking me for my location every time I use it for research on my iPhone 4S. Any help with that? Regards, David in Springfield. Hi, David. One thing you can do is open up the Settings app, then go to Safari, then go to Search Engine, and change it from Google to Bing or Google to Yahoo, and maybe that will help solve your problem. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to make sure you saw we just released an update to our Kindle app for iPad and iPhone. Here's what we posted to our customer form about it. The Kindle for iOS version 3.6 is now available in the Apple App Store. New features include multicolor highlights, which have four color choices, making it easier to distinguish important passages. Book and actions, you just finished a book. Now you can share the accomplishment with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Rate and write your own reviews as well. Regards, Kinley at Amazon. Well, Kinley, thank you for keeping us up to date on the Amazon Kindle app. Hi, Rob. This is Hector. I just listened to episode 257. And um, about the gentleman having the problem with the Apple TV where he's stuck on 4.x, not able to upgrade using any of the methods he tried because the process keeps failing. I had a similar issue happen to me. I tried to upgrade my iPhone and everything that I tried would fail and I would get the message from iTunes even if the phone was in DFU mode. You know, it took me a few hours to try to figure it out, but um, what I did was I went ahead and took another machine. I have a MacBook Pro, but I so I went ahead and uh, plugged it into my Windows machine that this device had never been plugged into. Fire up iTunes, put the device in DFU mode, and he upgraded just fine. Then I went back to using it with my back, MacBook Pro. Uh, so I don't know if this gentleman has other computers that this device has not been plugged into but if he does i suggest doing so install itunes on that other computers and try doing the upgrade there then go back to your original computer and restore it uh, from a backup so you got all your stuff all right i hope that helps thank you and this is hector from auburn new york thank you hector for the feedback tim cook spoke at goldman sachs tech event last week Essentially, he repeated much of which he has said before, so nothing really new that came out of the speech. But one good zinger he had in there was with regards to the iPad and its tablet market share and reports of it dropping. Tim said, quote, 
I have no idea what the iPad's market share is because we're the only company that reports what we sell, unquote, which is so true. And even anyone else that has even hinted at numbers only gave shipment numbers, not sell true to the consumers like Apple does. In the, well, it sucks to be BlackBerry news segment of the week, or day, or hour, Home Depot announced they were dropping the BlackBerry for their 10,000-plus executives, managers, and corporate employees and switching over to the iPhone. Evidently, the new BlackBerry 10 was not enough to keep them on board. Home Depot joins a growing list of corporate and government groups ditching the BlackBerry in favor of the iPhone. Switching gears? Now, of course, it's not just the iPhone sales that are doing very well. It seems if you combine the Apple iTunes revenue with the Apple accessory revenue that Apple generates, those combined revenues are greater than the revenues of all other smartphone companies sans Samsung. Last quarter, those two segments alone generated almost $6 billion in revenue for Apple versus $5.4 billion for all of Nokia's smartphone revenue. Apple stock is where it is again. Why? We have talked in the past of iOS device dominance when it comes to this strange little thing called usage. Well, we're going to talk about it a little more now. Freewheel, a mobile online video firm, reports that 60% of video clips viewed during Q4 were viewed on an iOS device versus just 32% viewed on an Android device. Once more, showing that in general, Android users get an Android device just to make calls, but they get an iPhone when they need to do more than just make calls. Again, in general. Switching gears, seems the CEO of LinkedIn is an iPad mini fan, so much so that he gave out iPad minis to every one of his employees. 3,500 plus iPad minis or thereabouts. That news was shocking to me. Who would have guessed that LinkedIn had 3,500 employees? What the heck are they all doing? I mean, other than now playing Angry Birds and watching American Horror Story on Netflix, that is. Since the last episode, the rumors have been coming out hot and heavy about an iWatch. One rumor said that Apple already has a team of about 100 product designers working on an iWatch-type device. Another report says Apple is looking to purchase Pebble. Pebble CEO said, quote, I cannot comment on anything like that, unfortunately, unquote. Now, I'm not sure if the unfortunately he refers to is not being able to comment or not being offered life-changing money from Apple yet. As mentioned last fall and around Christmas, when the last batch of rumors came up on this subject, I said I thought Apple would and will introduce an iWatch, and hopefully sooner rather than later, just right now, I'm not sure if this is just more smoke or if this time there is a little fire to go with it. I so hate getting my hopes up on this subject, but this time, smoke is a bit thicker than before, so to speak. Speaking of iWatches and Pebbles, we have in our first listener review of a Pebble. Here it is. Hey Rob, Larry from Windsor, Connecticut, calling in to give my review on my Pebble watch. I've had it for about a week now. I'm really enjoying it. The styling is really nice. The band is pretty cheap, so I've already replaced the band. Um, any 22 millimeter band should work perfectly fine, and I've done so. Um, looks really nice on my watch. Um, in regards to the function of the watch itself, works pretty good. I am intermittently getting emails coming through the watch. Uh, which is getting kind of frust frustrating, but the text messaging seems to work pretty good. What I did is did a little research and found out there is a Cydia app called BT Notifier that kind of helps to correct this issue. Um, and not only will it allow for your emails to come through pretty, um, pretty good, but it also um, support apps that aren't already supported through Pebble itself, such as Google Plus, things like that. It's called BT Notifier in the Cydia store. So that actually has made my experience a lot better. But some of the other things that I've noticed is there are some apps and watch faces that they were showing off in the pre-production stage um, that is not in the actual watch. So I think it'll be really neat to see when they add these other apps um, to the watch. I think it's going to really bring it to the next level. But I love this thing. I encourage anyone that, they can, get, that can get their hands on one to get one. Um, I think this is the way of the future. I am enjoying it, so can't wait to see what the future holds. But that was just my review on the watch. Thank you so much for everything that you do, and take care. Bye.
Larry, thanks for being the first one to call in with your review of your Pebble Watch, and congrats on getting it. Switching back to rumors, this time on the iPhone front, with supposed pictures surfacing in China of the next-gen iPhone already. This early kind of does line up with the rumors that the next-gen iPhone, the iPhone 2013 or iPhone 5S or whatever it's going to be called, will actually launch in June timeframe and not the fall as it did the last two years. Per the pictures, it looks like the next iPhone will be the same look slash case as the iPhone 5, going with the iPhone 3G, 3GS, and then the iPhone 4 and 4S also using the same case designs for two generations in a row. But again, if these photos are real, and they appear to be, then a June launch seems more and more likely and lines up well with how soon past photo leaks came out before the other generations of iOS devices finally made it to market. Or I could just be hoping that this is the case because I am eligible for the full upgrade to a new iPhone in June, as I'm sure many, many other iOS 4S owners are as well. So yeah, I would love to see June be the launch of the iPhone 5S, because if it is, I'll definitely be getting one then. To the email bag. Hi Rob, I know this may not be considered to be directly related to iOS, but I use Dropbox extensively on my iPhone, and I assume others do also. Box is something similar to Dropbox. Most free accounts of this type are only two to five gigabytes, and Box is now offering 50 gigabytes free for life, which is a super good deal. It only takes about two minutes to complete the sign-up process. I just signed up my whole family. Regards, Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. Well, thanks, Don. Folks, look for the link in the show notes for episode 258 over today on iOS.com titled Box 50 Gigabytes Free for Life to get this deal. Well, to get this deal is not part of the title. Just the box 50 gigabytes free for life. Always nice to get some extra free cloud storage in there. One of the stories making the rounds this past week was about a prediction by an analyst on how much revenue Microsoft is missing out on by not having Office available for the iPad. The number by the analyst is an astonishing $2.5 billion. The problem is no one seems to be questioning his numbers. First, he says it is based on 200 million iPads, when in reality there is not yet 150 million of them sold. Second, he works the numbers out at $60 average sale price. That means to get to 2.5 billion number after Apple's 30% cut, 30% of the 200 million iPad owners he claims that there are would need to purchase Office. Yeah, not going to happen. At 150 million iPads out there, that percentage jumps to 40% of iPad owners. And figure how many of those have two iPads or more, and how many are to kids, and yeah, quickly looks like 100% plus of adult-owned iPads or owners of iPads would need to be buying the $60 version of Office to hit that $2.5 billion number. Or, you know, they could just buy the $10 version of Pages or the $10 version of Keynote or the $10 version of Numbers or some combination thereof for $20 or $30 max total. So yeah, the $2.5 billion number is not pie-in-the-sky numbers. It's more like cow-pie-in-the-sky numbers. Just saying. So if you are someone that saw those numbers and thought that may kick Microsoft in the butt to get Office out for the iPad... Well, think again. I'm sure they did similar number of crunching that I did, and probably a lot more accurately, and came out with numbers much, much lower than $2.5 billion of lost revenue. While I think it would be great for Microsoft to release Office for the iPad, I would not actually buy it myself, as I'm happy with Pages, Keynote, and Numbers. I guess time may soon tell on this one, as the last rumor was a March or April release of Office for iPad. BlackBerry's looking really, really stupid right now for picking Alicia Keys for a celebrity spokesperson. First up, until the day before they announced her as a new spokesperson, she was busy sending tweets from her, you guessed it, iPhone. Then last week, she apparently sent another tweet from her iPhone, 
which was then deleted and followed up with a what the heck, I must have been hacked tweet. Give me a break. Do you think anyone believes that even for a second that she was hacked, especially since there are pics from her dressing room table at the Grammys the night before the tweet showing two iPhones sitting there? Where BlackBerry really messed up with this whole thing was in getting a celebrity endorsement from someone that was not a BlackBerry user already. I am sure if they did the homework, they could have found someone in Hollywood or the entertainment world that still used a BlackBerry. And it would have been much more, um, much more, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah, authentic. It would have been much more authentic if they had picked someone that was an actual BlackBerry user beforehand. And oh yeah, a lot less embarrassing. Back to the email bag we go. Hi Rob, here we go again. So last week you had a story about malware on the Google Play Store. Now Google is sending those malware makers your name and location info. People would be outside Apple with torches and pitchforks if Apple ever made a mistake of this magnitude. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Justin B. What Justin is talking about is that when you are an Android user and you purchase an app in the Google Play Store, your name, general location, i.e. the city or town that you live in, and email is passed on to the developer, and you are not in any way, shape, or form given any indication this is happening. And that includes potentially sending that info on to those that were putting malware in the Google Play Store. Brilliant! Good thing Google's not evil, because then you know they might also pass along your blood type and any history of mental illness or plastic surgery, and, well, you get the picture. And for the record, no, this story did not make it to the front page of CNN or any other mainstream website that I could find. Seems stories like this on the Android side don't get the same level of scrutiny as those with Apple. But I can assure you, if this was Apple passing along personal info about each buyer to app devs, the amount of outcry about this would have broken the interwebs. Hey Rob, it's Holly from Phoenix, Arizona. Just had a question, um, if any of your listeners knew about an app that one could use if they're a personal trainer to kind of keep their clients all organized and aligned and uh, plan exercises for them. That'd be great. I searched personal training in the app store, and of course, all I get is personal training for me. But I would need something for, as me being the trainer to organize my clients and workouts and etc. If anyone could help, that would be awesome. Thanks. Bye. Holly, I'll send that one out to the audience. If anyone has a good solution for Holly, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Guessing one of the answers that people are going to send in is to go ahead and get Bento, which is the app for FileMaker. So basically you're creating your own FileMaker database and managing it from the ground up rather than an app specifically for personal trainers. But if there is one out there for personal trainers, please let us know. Uh, hello, Rob. How you doing? This is George from Atlanta, Georgia. I've been trying to find the, the place that you said we can get iPhone insurance for a real good price. You, I, I know in the earlier shows you kept mentioning it, but I can't find it nowhere on the website or anywhere. Because let me know where I can go to get uh, that, that insurance for my iPhone. I got an iPhone 5. Thank you, sir. Bye. Hi, George. The insurance is SquareTrade, and you can go to squaretrade.com slash TII to get $30 off your iPhone warranty. There's a banner over at todayinios.com on the right-hand side near the top with a link to the place on their site for the discount. Into the email bank. Hi, Rob. My iPhone recently committed suicide jumping out of my pocket onto a tile floor, landing face first, and shattered the screen. Luckily, I had a square trade warranty. I filed my claim that day, and I was surprised that one of the options was to have a full replacement sent to me. So, of course, I chose this. Heard back the next day, unfortunately, had none in stock of my iPhone 4S. So, I could either send it in or take it into a Apple store where I'd have to pay up front. But they would reimburse me for this. Because I can't even imagine life without an iPhone for an hour, let alone for a few days. So, I chose to take it into an Apple store where they gave me a new iPhone. I was impressed with Square Trade service throughout the process. 
Once I got my new phone and restored from backup, I was super impressed with iCloud. It really installed all my old apps, music, and settings. I had to re-log onto everything, but that's totally acceptable. The one problem I'm having is that iMessenger won't verify the main email account I've been using for iMessage. I can't figure it out. It's working fine on my iPad. I've tried resending the verification email, but it never receives it. Any help on this would be great. I'm missing a lot of messages because of this. Regards, Jesse D. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for the feedback. Again, as I mentioned on the last episode, another great feature about Square Trade is they do not care if you jailbreak. So when getting a new iPhone, if you go with a Square Trade warranty, you can still jailbreak your iPhone and not void the warranty, as you would with the Apple Care Plus warranty. Plus, if you go to squaretrade.com slash TII, you'll get $30 off your warranty for being a TII listener, bringing a two-year warranty down to just $94, which is cheaper than Apple Care Plus as well. Jesse, per your other question on the message app, you need to go into the settings, then go to messages, then make sure iMessage is turned on, and then scroll down and go to send and receive, and make sure the email address that you want or the phone number that you want to get your iMessages at is included in there. If you've done all this and you're still having an issue, let us know, and we'll throw this question out to the audience for the next show. Hi, Rob. I recently had an iPhone 4 that was no longer being used as an iPhone go missing, it had just been used uh, for games as a basically a glorified iPod Touch. When said iPhone went missing, I dove into action from previous knowledge of listening to the show and had already had it registered with my Find My iPhone app. From there, I set the iPhone first to play a sound to see if one of the other kids had snagged it or if it was behind the couch, but soon realized it was turned off and offline. I then sent the iPhone into loss mode to be pending once the phone would connect to Wi-Fi. Two weeks go by and I get the confession from my daughter that her friend was eyeing it when she was over at the house and thinks she took it. All of a sudden today, I get an email saying that your phone has been located. Check the map of where it was and it turned out to be an AT&T store. I called said store and asked if there was an iPhone there that was in the lost mode and confirmed that it was there. They gave them the proper identification and I drove down and retrieved said iPhone or my iPhone. Just another good reason to make sure you activate any old devices, even if you're not using them as much with the Find My iPhone app. Regards, Kevin W. Hey Rob, this is Doug in D.C calling about your recent uh, episode, 257, I think it is, where you talk about the video sharing app Vine. I happen to love that app. I'll tell you why. Despite the fact that it doesn't have editing, kind of like Twitter's concepts where you get 140 characters to communicate what you need to, I kind of see the same process in Vine. I like the fact it's only six seconds because it allows or constrains you to be creative in what you do. Editing would be cool, I think, but um, I kind of like the minimalism that Fine provides in order for you to get stuff across, let's put it that way. So anyway, um, I'm a fan of it. Fast? Yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens with that. But anyway, just thought I'd drop that quick uh, review, if you will. Have a great day, and thanks for the great podcast. Bye. Doug, thanks for your feedback. I think really my biggest hang-up is just the lack of editing. I agree it's minimalist, but... Even with 140 characters being minimalist on Twitter, you still have the ability to change those characters around before you hit post. You don't have that luxury with the Vine app. Switching gears, Kickstarter finally has an official app in the iTunes App Store, and it is free. Just search for Kickstarter in the App Store. They claim you can use it to discover new projects, watch projects' videos, and get updates from projects. That is for those that are funders or backers. It also has features for project creators, such as staying in contact with your backers, tracking your project's progress, and most importantly, posting updates to your project. Again, if you are a big fan of Kickstarter, check out the Kickstarter app in the App Store now, and it is free. And speaking of Kickstarter, thanks to Thomas for the heads up on this next Kickstarter project, and it is the Smarter Stand for iPhone and iPod Touch. 
all generations of said devices, they have already hit their goal of $15,000 with over $18,000. And this one goes on for quite some time until April 12th at 11.29 a.m. Eastern Time. Right now, there are still some early bird special pricing of $9 left. Yes, this is from the same people that made the smarter stand for the iPad. This time, the device allows you to both wrap your headphones or cord around the smarter stand, but also use it to prop up your iPhone or iPod Touch. Again, right now, it is just $9. Check it out quickly before they run out of early bird special offerings, and the price goes up to $12 after they run out of the $9 ones. Do a search for smarter stand, two words, for iPhone in Kickstarter, I guess either at kickstarter.com or in the Kickstarter app. Here's an email about another Kickstarter project. Hi Rob, not sure if you've seen the Helios Bluetooth light controller LC1 for the iPhone on Kickstarter. It looks like a great device, lets you control your lights from your iPhone. I've backed it, but not convinced it'll be funded due to their high funding goal. Plus you can only pledge for one. Oh well, fingers crossed. Search for Helios, H-E-L-I-O-S, at kickstarter.com. Regards, Danielle, in Pemberton, British Columbia, Canada. Hi, Danielle. Yep, looks like one of those very cool projects with a high goal, too, too high of a goal. In this case, $300,000, but with a low pledge amount, less than $10,000 to date. And too short of a time frame, March 7th at 8.24 a.m. Eastern Time, to really have much chance, I would put this at like 0.1% chance of that this thing is going to get funded. Oh well. But if you want to check it out, search for Helios, H-E-L-I-O-S at kickstarter.com or I guess in the Kickstarter app. Into the email bag we go. Hello Rob, as one of your visually impaired listeners, I would like to bring the article about the app FlexKey to your attention, spelled F-L-E-K-S-Y. I think you should give Flexi a try yourself. The developers have been awesome as far as supporting blind iPhone users, and it appears Flexi is also attractive to somebody who can see the virtual keyboard, and why would it be? You can type away as fast as you can without having to worry to exactly hit each letter. I really look forward to hearing whether you think Flexi is pretty cool and whether you would set it as your default keyboard or at least include it in your keyboard choices where it's possible. Maybe after other listeners hear about Flexi, they will give it a try, especially since it is a free app now, and some might call in to give Flexi their vote whether it's positive or negative. Regards, Sigard. Hi, Sigard. Thanks for the heads up. I have downloaded it but have not had a chance to try it out yet. But I will do a call out to anyone that has used Flexi keyboard app. That's F-L-E-K-S-Y. And it is free in the App Store. So if you have used it um, or do try it out, please let us know your thoughts. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. There was some news from HBO that their Go iOS and Cinemax Go apps now have AirPlay streaming capability, which is fine. But the real news, I thought, was the side part of their comments about HBO Go that the app would land on Apple TV later this year as an app. Wonder if this is just a special deal for HBO or if later this year Apple TV will finally be allowing apps to be installed. Let's hope it's the latter and not the former. Hi Rob, per a previous caller's question about recording sound on an iOS device, I have an app for my iPad that allows me to record the sound coming out of it called Notes Plus. It's only for the iPad though. Regards, Jesse. Rob, it's Chris in, in Connecticut. Uh, just broke my iPhone 5 yesterday, and I've noticed today that the updates in my app store don't seem to come to my home screen so I can tap either individual updates or update all. It just shows the badge down in the right-hand corner about how many updates and nothing ever happens on the screen. Wondered if you, you or one of your listeners might have an answer. Sure would appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Really enjoy the show. Thanks. Chris, first thing I would recommend is go through and force quit all your open apps. 
Then go to settings and then reset network settings. Once it reboots, see if you're still having the issue. Folks, if you happen to know a solution for Chris outside of what I just suggested, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. On February 14th, I received the following email. Hi, Rob. Nice to see Cydia back to normal. No warnings. SSH blobs are back. Just saying. Chris. Thanks, Chris. I agree. It looks like everything has finally calmed down. And if you were holding off on jailbreaking, no time is better than right now. And I am going to try to have my tutorial finally up today on the 18th. So look for that by the end of the day of the 18th. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an iPhone 4S. Can I unlock it and jailbreak it? I'm going to sell it. Is this okay or should I just jailbreak it? It's with AT&T and yes, I paid it off. I upgraded to an iPhone 5. Regards, Robert. Well, hello, Robert. I get this question often, and it is time to talk about it again. First, call AT&T and ask them to unlock your iPhone. They will give you confirmation that the unlock has been approved. You will then need to do a restore. Once you restore, after they tell you to, the iPhone will be unlocked. You'll know that this is true because at the end of the restore, it will say it's unlocked. Then once it is unlocked, you can jailbreak it. FYI, unlocking it will increase its value more than jailbreaking it. Doing both is obviously better. Rob, hey, how are you? Todd from Southington, Connecticut. I uh, just want to call in. Did the jailbreak on Friday during the snowstorm here, and uh, everything went smoothly. My phone's running great now. Byte SMS, great jailbreak app for texting, making quick replies. You can do it right from the lock screen, so I'd recommend that one. It's a few dollars if you want to get rid of the ads. And uh, just an update from your last show, PDA Net is now updated and working well. I've got it going on my phone and uh, tethering to my iPad when needed. And just one last thing, uh, non-jailbreak app Mailbox came out this week. Not sure if anybody saw that, but uh, or I think a lot of people saw it because I'm about 400,000th on the reservation list list to be able to use it. So just curious where your uh, rest of your listeners are on that one and curious to see how that uh, app's working for those of you that can use it now. Thanks, Rob. See you. Thanks to Todd and the many others that let me know PDA Net has been updated for iOS 6.x, which is good news. Todd also thanks for the heads up on Byte SMS. You can find that, folks, by searching for B-I-T-E-S-M-S, one word. And since that's a jailbreak app, you need to be searching over in the Cydia app store. And I'll extend Todd's call out for anyone that's used the Mailbox app. Let us know your feedback, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. A great tweak is UI Device Crasher. One word, UI Device Crasher. And this is in the City App Store. This will allow you, after an app mod or tweak is installed, that it may cause issues and may cause crashes. It'll let you know that. It loads and displays a pop-up at the beginning after the respring. It says which apps may cause issues, and you can uninstall them rather than uninstalling one by one to find problems. After saying all that, mine says OXO, the app switcher mod, is a problem, but it's not really as far as I can see. Also says Winterboard is a problem, but not seeing the problems with it either. But at any rate, good to use to see incompatible incompatibility issues, whether you act on them or not. Cheers, Chris in London. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Seems Mobile Substrate has been updated. I like looking at what is new in updates. While checking out MS, I saw this interesting tip. So it looks like if your iDevice goes into an infinite reboot loop, you can try holding down the volume up button to disable substrate. Might stop the looping so you can remove the offending tweak. Regards, Stephen W. Thanks, Stephen. And he sent over a screenshot about the mobile substrate tweak that said the following, quote, you can now disable substrate entirely by holding down the volume up button as the device reboots. This feature allows you to bypass horribly broken extensions, ones that prevent the device from starting up at all. Those that you may have installed so you can open Cydia and uninstall them, unquote. 
So this is a powerful tip for anyone that jailbreaks and goes crazy with installing tweaks and apps and finds out one or some of the them have caused your iOS device basically hosing it so that it will not start up. Now, rather than having to restore, you can boot in a kind of safe mode and uninstall tweaks and apps to get your device working again. Remember, the more apps and tweaks you install, the higher the probability you will need this fix. Things do go wrong with jailbreaking. This tip helps you deal with it. Thanks, Stephen, for the tip. Hey, Rob, it's Holly from Phoenix. I was just wondering if you or any of your listeners could help with a little issue. My DirecTV app on my iPhone 5 will not open. It says that because it's jailbroken, I have to, it will not open. I have to unjailbreak or restore my phone for it to work. And that's a very important app, and I would like to be able to use it. So if anyone has any tweaks or any ideas of how I can still use that app, uh, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Take care. And an email also on the subject. Hey, Rob, I just updated to iOS 6.1, then jailbroke my Sprint iPhone 4S. As I was going through my apps, I wanted to watch some of my movies on my Flickster app that I downloaded through Ultraviolet. But when I hit the download button, I get a pop-up telling me that my iPhone was jailbroken and that I should update to an official iOS if I want to watch the content. How is it that the Flickstrap knows that and why do they feel they need to police the users on having a jailbroken device? Regards, Tono. Hi, Holly and Tono. This has happened before where some apps dealing with digital media put those checks in place to make sure you are not installing a jailbreak app that lets you get around some security they have in place, i.e. downloading said digital media. That said, I believe there is a jailbreak tweak that then tricks those apps into not thinking you are jailbroken. So yes, a jailbreak tweak that tweaks your device to trick other apps to not know you are jailbroken. I can't remember the name of the app, but we'll send a call out to the audience for the tweak that I'm thinking about, which is what I guess I just did. If anyone remembers the name of said tweak, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. A little jailbreak news. Yes, iOS 6.1.1 came out last week for the iPhone 4S, but luckily it is still jailbreakable and evasion was updated to version 1.3 and it works fine for jailbreaking ios 6.1.1 iphone 4s's as long as you did the upgrade to ios 6.1.1 when connected to your computer via itunes and not as the over-the-air upgrade thanks to tash for this next one which is about a cydia tweak that allows all of the notification center notifications to be sent to a pebble watch which actually was also mentioned in the previous review of the Pebble Watch. So if you have a Pebble Watch, or more accurately, if you have one on order and are waiting for it to come in, you will want to look into jailbreaking and then installing the Cydia tweak called BT Notification Enabler. All one word, BT Notification Enabler. It is free in the Cydia App Store. And speaking of jailbreaking... There are estimates that as many as 10 million iOS users have already jailbroken their iOS 6.x device. Some are saying this is a huge number and points to the general dissatisfaction with iOS 6.x. However, 10 million out of 300 million is still a pretty small percentage at 3.33%, and inline percentage-wise, as past jailbreaks were. So really... I think this is just about a small percentage of users wanting to do more with their iOS devices. I do believe jailbreaking and jailbreak apps are a great showcase for Apple on what the iPhone can and many cases should do. And each update since iOS 2.0, there have been new features added that were tweaks created first on the jailbreak side. It will be interesting to see which current tweaks make their way into iOS 7. But I hope Apple continues to monitor the jailbreak world and look at all the great tweaks available and add as many as possible to iOS 7 and later. Thanks to Woody for the heads up on this next one, which is a link to a review of the SmartLav lavalier mic for the iPhone. 
it is $60. And if you are looking to podcast with your iOS device and use the Boss Jack app, this might be a nice option to look into. They claim in their video that this is a professional-grade lavalier mic. I have not tried it yet, but we'll ping them for a review unit. If anyone has actually purchased this or does purchase it, please make a recording and send it in. I would be interested in hearing the audio quality on this as when I went to their website, they have a nice little video about this item, but they don't actually have any sound recording made from this item. And again, that's the Rode microphone and it's called the Smart Lav Lavalier Mic. So Smart Lav, one word, Lavalier Mic for iPhone. I think I want to try to do a new segment near the end of each episode or end of episodes every so often. That segment will be my review of some accessory for iOS that I am playing with at that time. For this episode, I'm going to talk about the Rocksteady XS, all one word, Rocksteady XS Bluetooth portable speaker. Bluetooth portable speaker being three other words. This is a very compact size speaker with a very not compact sound, which I really like as I need a portable speaker for when I do speeches that can really put out some volume. This one allows both Bluetooth and lining connections, so I can also use it with my laptop. They state it has a life, battery life that is, of 10 hours with a full charge. I used it for over four days on a full charge, not four days straight, but four days during the workday, and that was the full charge they shipped it to me with. And for, well, much, much better than 10 hours of use, and it's still working. Sadly, no charge level indicator to know if I'm about to run out or not. But the 10 hours of battery life seems to be a conservative number, which I like. One really neat feature, the lithium-ion battery is easily removable from the base of the unit. No having to take it apart. There's a little door on the bottom. And it is a standard BL-5C battery pack. So down the line, when the battery has run out of charge cycles, you can replace it, or better yet, you can buy an extra one as a backup. I saw some BL-5C battery packs online in a quick search for between $8 and $15. The Rocksteady XS had a really impressive sound for the small size and is much louder than my current portable speaker, which is over three times the size and weight. So this will become my new portable speaker. The Rocksteady XS also allows for charging of your iPhone via a USB power out port. You can plug your iOS device charge cord into it and charge it up when you're on the go. So it can also be an emergency battery backup. Another reason to get an extra battery pack. They have a listed price of $99.99. That's the MRSP. But who pays list price anymore? Amazon has it for $89.99 right now. I was able to quickly pair it with my iPhone 4S, which uses Bluetooth 4.0, and with my wife's iPod Nano, which is also Bluetooth 4.0 with no issues, as well as with my iPhone 4, which is Bluetooth 2.1. So it should work fine with all iOS devices. All in all, I found the Rocksteady XS to be a good-looking, good-sounding portable speaker with the features I need to be my new portable speaker, especially the easy replacement of the battery pack, as I will be getting an extra battery pack shortly for this. At $89.99 from Amazon, it is a good price for the performance and features, especially when it, you compare it to competitor speakers that run in the $125, $150 range. Link in the show notes over at todayinios.com. Look for the one titled Rocksteady XS. Hi, Rob. It's Trish on Long Island, a long-time listener, and... Uh haven't called in for a while, but I had a question uh, that I called AT&T and for some reason they weren't able to answer me. I have the iPhone 5 and I don't know if it has anything to do with the iPhone 5 or AT&T, I'm assuming AT&T, but increasingly my phone spends a lot of time with uh, the, at the top where it used to say 4G, it occasionally says 4G, but the rest of the time it says it just has the letter E. Um, and even though I have full bars, I get no service, I can't get a call out. If I go on the internet, it tells me that I'm not connected to the internet at this time, even though there's full bars, but it has that E there. So um, I called AT&T. The gentleman told me the E stood for error, 
and that he had no idea why he was doing that and I might want to bring it back to the Apple store. So I just thought that was kind of weird and I figured I'd ask you or your listeners if you had any input on this. Um, again, and as always, I enjoy your show um, every single time. I learn something. Uh, thanks for all you do. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, Trish. Good to hear from you again. Now, the E should mean edge, not error. So it should be edge, meaning you're on the edge network. One thing you may want to do is check to make sure you have LTE turned on. So go into your settings app and then go to your wireless connection and make sure LTE data and connection is turned on. If it is, everything looks like it's turned on, then yeah, bring it back to Apple. You may have an issue with your radios and they're not working right, something not going right. But yeah, if you were seeing LTE connectivity on your iPhone 5 and now all you're seeing is E, which stands for Edge, then I would suggest going back to the Apple Store and letting them know that the device is no longer getting a good connection. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an app I want to do a review of and mention I'm not the dev, just one of your fans. The app is Instashare, and it is a free app that is like AirDrop on a Mac. In iOS App Store for the iPhone. So Instashare, and you can find it in the iOS App Store. You can drag and drop files from your Mac to your iPhone and vice versa. You can drag and drop files to other iPhones. Important, go to instashareapp.com, I-N-S-T-A-S-H-A-R-E-A-P-P.com. So instashareapp.com and download the Mac beta for your Mac laptop and desktops. This is the killer app of all time, any file formats. Regards, Mike in San Diego. Mike, thanks for the heads up of Instashare. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to try and help your listener out that's having trouble with his Apple TV. I ran into this exact same issue on one of my Apple TVs that I had jailbroken. My eight-year-old one day saw that there was an update for Apple TV and tried to install it on one of the jailbroken devices. This, of course, resulted in the bricking of it. I then tried to apply the update using iTunes, going to the exact same steps as your listener did with the same results iTunes either would not recognize the device or would ask me to try an upgrade later. I tried this on Windows 8 machine, on a Windows 7 machine, and a Windows Vista machine, all with the same results. I still have an old laptop running Windows XP. I decided to give it one last shot before throwing my Apple TV away. And to my surprise, iTunes recognized the device. I'm not certain what the difference between Windows 8, 7, and Vista, and XP are, they're all running exact same version of iTunes, but for whatever reason, the Windows XP laptop was able to fix my Apple TV. So my advice is to find a buddy with a Mac or PC and trying to reset it. Keep going until it works. Your other option is to take it to an Apple store and beg to have someone reset it to factory defaults. Hope this helps. Regards, Paul in Omaha. Paul, thanks for the feedback. Hi, this is John Morgan from Cocoa Beach, Florida. And I had a question about recording conversations, cell phone to cell phone, or uh, cell phone to landline using an iOS device. Is there any um, good software for that, for like recording interviews while you're out and about walking around? Thanks. Hi, John. I get this question quite a bit, and I've been getting it for, oh, since the iPhone came out. And I don't believe there are any apps out there, jailbreak side or otherwise, that will allow you to record phone-to-phone -phone conversation on an iOS device. If anyone knows of a jailbreak app that's new, that's out there, that'll allow you to record a phone call, please let us know. But at a minimum, you're going to have to be jailbroken. But again, I don't know of a jailbreak app yet that allows you to record phone-call-to-phone -phone call conversations. Now, there is one possible solution, which is Call Recorder for Skype. Call Recorder for Skype, well, I guess that'd be four words. And that is $6.99 to purchase that in Cydia. But right now, it's just showing it available for iOS 4.x and 5.x devices. That allows you to record Skype to Skype calls on your iOS device. Again, it has to be jailbroken because that's in the Cydia store. And if you have any Skype credits, then what you could do is make a phone call from Skype to someone and then record that phone call 
via Skype. So when you're Skyping out to someone on a phone line, you could then record that on your iOS device. So that's about the only way I know to record phone calls. But as far as recording calls to the phone app, I don't know of a, a jailbreak tweak or app that will allow you to record phone call to phone call calls on your iOS device. Hi, Rob. This is Steve from Arizona, kind of following up on my call earlier today about jailbreaking uh, using the evasion tool. I had a heck of a day in the jailbreak world because I kept my phone kept going into safe mode over and over again. Couldn't figure out why, and thanks to my uh, very intelligent daughter, we realized that one of the tweaks uh, was causing the problem. So it seems like in this jailbreak that the jailbreak seems stable, but some of the tweaks are being updated, and as they're being updated, they may cause instability in uh, your phone. So I guess what I learned from today and what I'd recommend is if anyone runs into that issue, to start figuring out what tweaks you loaded in, take those tweaks out one at a time, which will find the offending tweak, and then your phone should return to normal as mine did. So um, the first time I jailbroke, I found out 1.1. The jailbreak had been out months, uh, and it was much, the tweaks were much more stable. But what I'm learning this time around with a new jailbreak is that although the jailbreak seems stable, the tweaks are being updated, and sometimes they can break things, quote-unquote, in the phone as they are becoming updated to work uh, successfully with iOS uh, 6.1. Steve, thanks for your feedback, and everyone else that sent in feedback for today's show, thank you for yours. Folks, I do want to remind you to send your feedback into the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, record your feedback and email to me at today and ios at gmail.com. It can be a question or a comment for something that someone else said in the episode, or it can be a question or a rant you have about something else, an app or a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcome. Or if it talks about Dayton Flyers. I am also always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. As I mentioned earlier, out of music for the next show. So please, if you've created some music on your iOS devices, send it in. This is your show, and your feedback is always greatly desired and appreciated. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TII app, not just the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get a push message when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 in the iTunes App Store. Again, search for TII. also want to thank SquareTrade for sponsoring today's show. If you go to squaretrade.com slash TII, you can get $30 discount off your iPhone warranty. Or if you go to squaretrade.com slash TII2, you can get a discount on your iPad warranty. If you jailbreak or plan to jailbreak, then Squaretrade is the warranty for you. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 